Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm trying to record the intro, and Liz is sitting here making fun of me. So, fine. All right. Okay. Hi, I'm Sarah, and welcome to the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast, a podcast where my friend Liz and I talk about all the things we usually talk about at our weekly Sunday lunch. These topics vary from the hilarity of day-to-day life to theology, from how adorable our dogs are to the nuances of faith and life in this interesting cultural moment, all from the perspective of two women working in ministry. We might not get to share a meal with you, but you're always invited to this table. Today on our fifth episode, Liz and I will be talking about Hamilton, raise a glass to freedom, Liz's birthday, yep. and God's will. God's plan. As always, we're excited to talk to you about all of the things. So thanks for joining us today and pull up a seat. All right. Welcome. Here we are. Yes, we are. So what did we do this week, Liz? We went and saw Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. I tried to draw that out, but then I was forgetting what we actually did so then were you also forgetting that when there's an awkward pause on a podcast you don't know if like it's just (laughs) (laughs) your um your pregnant pause for excitement just translates into dead air i know when it comes to we went and saw hamilton this week is that better we went and saw hamilton it's really hard for liz to garner any sort of enthusiasm about anything and if you can hear children screaming in the background it's not like murder no they're just playing outside we're at liz's apartment today yeah, so you will for sure hear a train, and probably the ice cream lady, and children running up and down the stairs. And screaming. So, screaming. Yeah. It's part of everyday life. Yes, so we went and saw Hamilton. Saw Hamilton. We made the trek to San Francisco. We took BART. Yeah, we took a bunch of our friends with us. Yes, so there were eight of us total. Yeah, and it was, it was funny, because the night before, I was talking with my mom, and she just said... She said, um, don't get in too much trouble, be safe, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at her and went, I'm going with a bunch of moms. How much trouble am I about to get in? And me. <laughs> and you. And Amanda. <laughs> but it's like everyone else, I mean. It's true. Five of them are moms. How much See, trouble were we really well, going to get in? Liz and I, we have a theory about moms. They have everything they in have their everything. purses. They have everything. Right. So there's really nothing that you could possibly need that a mom doesn't have with her. Oh, yeah. Combined, I think we had every, like, over-the-counter medication you could think of. And Benadryl, Tylenol, not over-the-counter oh, that's medication. True. <laughs> there, were, there were other things. Yeah. Oh, that sounds bad. It does sound bad. But <laughs> I had a little I had a little panic attack yep. on the way. Woo! You did. Yay, anxiety. And I got a very helpful text from one of the people asking if I wanted some of her Zoloft. How it's generous. <laughs> very generous. <laughs> And I almost took her up on it. But that would be illegal if we don't take other people's drugs. Disclaimer. Yeah. yeah. We at, here at the We in the Kitchen podcast, we do not we don't take endorse other people's drugs. taking other people's medication. Nope. But I almost did. But we don't yeah. endorse it. Anyway, Hamilton. <laughs> so Hamilton was fun. It was so good. I mean, I had really high expectations. Yeah. And it exceeded those. And my expectations were really high. Yeah. Like, through the roof already. And then it just... It's, went above that. It's amazing live. Yeah. As soon as the first song starts, I get chills. Oh, like, Michelle started crying. <laughs> Jenny cried. Immediately. Our friend Jenny cried literally through the entire thing. Like, oh. every time I looked at her, she was crying. I cried during Dear Theodosia. Dear Theodosia. It gets me. I can't handle that song. Every single time. And then, of course, the very end. Yep. The very end. Made me cry. So. Yeah. I'm so glad you had a good time. There's something, yeah. though. Okay. So, 
it's eight of us women. Yeah. And we go, and there's something a little anxiety-producing about going on a trip with that many people, particularly women, I think. Well, especially because we all knew each other. Yeah. But we all had varying degrees of knowing each other. Right. And so you're just never sure how personalities are going to mesh. Yeah. And or if there are going to be different expectations yeah. for the day. Like, is someone going to want to do this thing and the rest of the group isn't and someone's going to be disappointed? Um, but-, but everyone was... I mean, nobody... I don't think... Besides seeing Hamilton and eating dinner, I don't think anyone had anything else on their agenda for the right. night. So it was, it was perfect. You know, yeah. you had eight ladies who were yeah. just there and, and everyone mingled well. And that, that was always my, that's always my fear when you invite yeah. um, people to something like that. But it, I mean, we had camaraderie. No there was yeah. camaraderie. There was no stress for the day. No. It, everything went off without a hitch. And then we ate dinner at this super good place. Yeah. What is it called? I don't even know. Dang I'll have to it. look it up. Yeah. We'll yeah. have to look it up and give it a little endorsement. One of the people that we were with, um, she went to college with the owner's the, wife. The, the waiter's wife. Oh, the waiter's wife. The waiter wife. that we knew, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, something like that. And um, so kind. I mean, they, they hooked us up with yeah. food, and the food was amazing. It was really good. It was so good. And so we had um, just a super good time. It was really fun because at one point we were all sitting around the table just telling funny stories and oh, laughing yeah. and... Yeah, there was no, there was no one at the table that, like, you know how sometimes there's tension, like there's one person or there's Mm -hmm. a couple of people, or sometimes even a group of eight people, like you can get clicky. Yeah, you can, I mean, not in like high school clicky way, but just like, oh, we're hanging, like, because I can't hear these people on this side, we're just going to talk. Right. And there there was a little bit of that, but not in a... Like exclusionary right. sort of way. It was more of a, we can't hear across the table because we're all just laughing <laughs> Yeah, so hard. Things, yeah. So the restaurant was, I'm going to butcher this, but it's um, Puccini and Panetti. Yes, I think you're right. So, and so it was a, super good. Yeah, a great Italian place it. in Union Square. Yeah. Um, we had a great time. and It wasn't too far from the theater. I mean, it was just nice because everything was within walking distance. So. Yeah, and it was mostly a nice walk at one point. Um, <laughs> I did trip. Well, actually, I twisted my ankle. Did you know this? No. Oh, my God. (laughs) You were walking ahead of us. I know. I'm a quick walker. Well, I'm a quick walker, but there were, like, obstacles (laughs) on the sidewalk in San Francisco. (laughs) Lots of obstacles. And so somehow you guys got ahead of us because we were ahead of you for a while. And I stepped weird and twisted my ankle and stumbled. I tried to catch myself, but I, like stumbled for way too long like if I'd just <laughs> fallen it would have been way less embarrassing and this guy was like damn girl be careful <laughs> I had no idea that was happening yeah and we all Allie Ginny and I just laughed because I it was it was the longest not fall like I finally hit a planter and was able to save myself but I'm I, we've talked about this on the podcast before I'm pretty germaphobic yeah, you. And all we it, had so much hand sanitizer for you specifically. I was just spraying you guys against your will. I know. Like you would touch something gross, and I'm like, give me your hands. Um, <laughs> you were, and we all had hand sanitizer. Yeah, but mine was spray on. I could yeah. spray it on surfaces and people against their will. <laughs> it's harder to squirt on antibacterial hand gel to someone an unsuspecting true, slash guess. unconsenting person. <laughs> okay. But my fear, of course, is that the foot traffic in San Francisco is. Not like it is here. And the idea of breaking my skin on it. Ooh. 
scares me. So yeah. I was not falling. And I didn't. But you missed that. It was I did. quite comical. I was sad about that. Yeah. But, but that was also Michelle's second time ever in San Francisco. Yeah. And she grew up in California. <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah. She said, too, that she like hasn't been to um, the San... Um, Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk since she was a kid. Yeah. So I think we need to take Michelle on some California and adventures. she grew up in Fresno and has only been to Yosemite once and it was for half an hour because their bus was late. At a confession. Oh my gosh. You've never been there I've either? I've never been to Yosemite. Ugh, you guys are missing out. It's so beautiful. Matt's climbed Half Dome like twice. I've never climbed Half Dome. That's actually on my list of things to try to do next year. That's not on my list of things to do. Climbing things is not. <laughs> Climbing the stairs. All of the <laughs> stairs in San Francisco was enough for me. I'm like, ugh. Oh, I know. It's out of shape. See, it's so funny when I, in groups like that, if I somehow end up in the lead, I naturally just find the stairs. Yeah, whatever. I don't yeah, find I'm the so escalator. I don't, and it's not on purpose. It's right. usually... Oh, you can, you know, you have your choice. Do you turn right? Do you turn left? And I turn whatever way and there's stairs. And yeah. the other way, there was an escalator. It's true. I just, I'm not that great at it. In the BART station. There's a lot of stairs. There's a lot of stairs, but there are also a lot of signs right now. There's a, there's a campaign <laughs> going for great. some, some hospital. Um, yeah. And there were signs like, sad ones, like, is everyone as depressed as I am? Yeah. Or, um, yeah, there was like a few, what, what are some of the Um, ones? it was like. Am I sweating too much? Yeah. <laughs> like, Am I too old to get pregnant? Yeah. Um, and then we found one <laughs> that said something like, how, how can I get this rash to go away? <laughs> and you made me stand in front of it and you took my picture. You stood in front of it fairly willingly. I know. I just like to pretend to blame someone else that way. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> um, yeah. So we had a really great time. It was so fun. I want to go back and do it again. Yeah. But we did it because there were three birthdays. So your birthday, um, Allison's birthday. Yeah, we have the same day. Yeah. Ten years apart exactly, right? Yeah. And then um, Catherine's our birthday. friend Catherine's birthday it's right in the same week. was Sunday. And so we got three desserts at dinner. Yeah. The whole deal. But what a fun birthday celebration to go and... and... Yeah. I, I even texted you. Like, that was one of the best days I've had in a while. Because it was just... It was pretty carefree. And, yeah. I, didn't, and I didn't have to manage... Usually when I go on outings like that, it's with kids, kids and I'm having yeah. the constant. I mean, you saw me during the day; I was just like naturally counting. I was like, "What, what am I doing?" <laughs> but I didn't have it's to. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about oh, so and so fighting with so and so. There was none of right. that. So pretty quickly in the day, I just like relaxed, and it was it was so good. Yeah. Uh, oh, one of the people in our party got yelled at. Oh yeah, <laughs> she was checking her phone. No, I thought that she said that her phone like. She didn't turn it off right away or something, and she went to turn it off right as it started, and yeah. the guy behind her, like... Blew in her hair or something. Yeah. Really weird. Why are people weird? And it was just right after intermission. Like, it had maybe... The song had just started, yeah. and she was just clicking it off, and he, like, blew in her hair for her to put it down. <laughs> Super weird. People are weird. Yeah. Okay, so I have to tell you something. Oh, no. Right here on the podcast. Great. I'm going to see a movie. What movie are you seeing? You oh, know. Mr. Rogers. <gasps> Mr. Rogers came out That's today. exciting. Yeah. So I think we're going to go um, next week for Thanksgiving. We are going to Lake Tahoe, which should be fun, except there's a blizzard coming. Yeah, it's going to Naturally. Snow. <laughs> it's going to actually going to rain here. It's going to feel like fall for a few days. Yeah. It's currently... It's going to be cold here, though. It's 70 degrees today. Though, yeah. In the middle of November. <laughs> so weird. So, but the next week it's supposed to be like in the 50s. It'll be nice. Yeah. So. Be like fall. 
feel like the holidays are here. It still feels like the summer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't believe Thanksgiving's just so late this year too. Yeah. So it's less than a month between Thanksgiving and Christmas, which, oh my yeah. goodness, I just feel like it's coming up yeah. really quick. I have a big um, event at church that I am in yeah, charge yeah. of. Yep. I'm excited for that though. Yeah, we're going to go see, oh, we're not going to go see, <laughs> he's going to come see us. Um, Dustin Nickerson, who is a clean comedian, um, host of the um, Don't Make Me Come Back There podcast which is pretty great but he's gonna be at our church on december 13th which is and we've seen him a few times yeah and he's been funny like not just like oh he's funny but like he is hilarious like yeah Yeah. we went to a legit like comedy club Uh uh-huh and um he was there and even though he's a clean comedian he doesn't get to choose his opening acts Mm -hmm. and so um the one we went to oh yeah (laughs) there were two opening acts that were they weren't terrible i mean there were some parts that were R-rated. It wasn't our style of humor. Not at all. Um, but what was interesting is that, you know, people sort of laughed and it was fine. Yeah. But here you have a comedian who is clean mm-hmm. and doesn't have to, like, use sex or bad language or whatever to make his jokes. And the whole place Which, was just laughing. Was like, just dying. Yeah. We were just laughing so hard. Yeah. And so we're really excited to yeah. have him come. But, oh, it's a lot. And so I'm going on vacation for a week and then I come back and, like, hit the ground running. Yeah on that which is fun and then you have all of your yeah so it's this is kind of my last weekend before all the holiday christmas stuff comes and hits us hard but it's all good things it's nothing that's you know negative or whatever but it's just a lot it's just thing after thing after thing after thing and um i like this time of year but sometimes it can you know in the middle of a week when i've just been you know bookended with so many things i'm i always look for minutes to breathe or whatever so. yeah when I um I got here today I was late of course and um <laughs> Liz was out decorating her balcony for Christmas yeah I have so. a snowman and a penguin <laughs> yes, on my does. balcony with snowflakes and icicle lights on it's taken me way too long to get all these things up but there's only one power source and it's I've had to makeshift it myself like yeah so um, this apartment complex is definitely going to burn to the ground (laughs) basically liz's um home and job (laughs) are going to burn make sure i have that insurance i'm just kidding yikes yeah (laughs) but no so i'm working on rewiring some things so (laughs) i actually like know how to do this stuff i know liz is very self-sufficient i am liz um i owe you an apology why what did you say Okay, so I'm so confused. So podcast listeners should know this. One thing that Liz and I talk about a lot is how um, people in the church don't always know how to interact with people who don't fit into certain boxes. <laughs> and it's like this inside joke where we sort of make fun of each other. Right. But I realized the other day when I was listening to the podcast that it didn't translate well. I like keep saying stuff about like you being single. <laughs> and it's not... I know you don't take it that way from me because you right. know it's a tongue-in-cheek thing, but right. I don't want people here to think that um. I think that there's anything wrong with being single. I 100% don't. In fact, I always said that I never thought I would get married, and I don't yeah. think that you like have to be married to be happy, and I very much believe that. I just don't <laughs> want it to always translate as like, me making fun of you for being single. But okay. I will say about, like, there is something about becoming resourceful. Yeah. When you don't have another person to, like, depend on to do things. Right. So I also, oops, I knocked the table. I also lived in Mexico for a couple of years right. doing missions work. And so, you know, and with that, you know, we built homes and we wired lights and we did all that stuff. So I learned 
how to do it, yeah. you know, from licensed contractors. Not that I would right. turn this into a side gig, but for just my own house or my own family stuff, I can easily, you know, put this up or hang this or... Right. Um, I, <laughs> the joke is I got the handyman jeans that my brother did not get. So I have a pretty nice drill that I use and um, <laughs> just, uh, you know, put stuff together yeah. quickly or whatever. And David borrowed it because they just got a new house. Yeah. And so they are in the process of securing bookcases and stuff to yeah, the wall. Hanging stuff. They have a toddler who loves things. <laughs> she loves to climb things and push things over. Including people. That's I learned true. last night. Climbing people is one of her favorites. And so they borrowed my drill, which was fine. I'm happy to let them use right. it. But I get this call like the day after I let them use it. And I'm doing a training in my apartment for um, some neighbors that were, were training to move into the neighborhood. Um, and my phone rings like four times in a row. And it's either Michelle or my brother. And so I think something has happened, you know, that, oh, my gosh. So I kind of excuse myself from this training that I'm helping to leave. To leave. Yeah. And I get on the phone and I call David and I'm just going, what's going on? Like, what happened? And he goes, can you, he's going to kill me for saying this. But he goes, can you, um, how exactly do I put a bit in the drill? And I was like, what? You know, so I'm walking him through this going, oh my gosh, David, you don't even know how to do that. Does he not know how to YouTube? So he was trying to have Michelle do it while Michelle was bathing Nessie. And it was like, oh my David, goodness. come on. Anyway. I would have Googled that before I called my sister. <laughs> there would be too much, and too not, much pride involved. It's not a complicated, like I just, I just had to upgrade mine because my <laughs> other one just died and had in Mexico for three years plus yeah. using it for different projects at work. It just it bit the dust. And it was, oh. it was a cheap uh, one. Bit the dust. It's a, oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I had just bought it mm-hmm. and it's not. So it's not like an old school right. one that's really hard. But oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. That's okay. So yes, I'm rather resourceful, but I accept your apology. You know, you didn't have to apologize because I, anyway. <laughs> Thank you for accepting my apology. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we could have this peaceful moment. Yes. Um, yeah. So we had a request this week. We did. For what we should talk about. And it's complicated. It is, because I even, I just asked you before we started this, like, what's the difference between between these couple, a couple of words, and they're different, but they kind of aren't, but they are. <laughs> I feel like, this is why when people say, the Bible is clear, I'm like, hmm, crystal, like, <laughs> in a very sarcastic tone. Right. Um, there are things about the Bible that are clear, but something that, so my friend Jenny was like, I want you guys to talk about providence, and so this idea of, like, God's will and sovereignty and um I'll tell you that this is something that I I literally grapple with yeah on the daily right and I even when we we were sitting down to record this I asked you what's the difference between God's providence and God's sovereignty yeah because I know that they're different right but they get kind of mixed a lot and right. people use them um interchangeably but they but you really can't Right. But you can. It's so it's a little bit confusing because one almost defines the other or one is a use in the other. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I mean, a hard one. it's relationship status complicated. Yeah. You know, and so sovereignty, like the actual definition, is the supreme power or authority of God. And providence is the protective care of God or nature as a spiritual power. Um, and then people talk about like God's will. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have free will. Yeah. And at what points do these things intersect? At what points do these con like conflict with each other? So I think the question came from 
this idea that um, in Christianity, it's easy to be very prescriptive when it comes to things like scripture or comforting people um, when something goes wrong. Like, like for some reason, there are Christians that think that if you say, oh, well, that just must have been God's will or that wasn't God's will, that that is at all comforting. Yeah. Um, but I'll definitely say that at my lowest points when I have heard that, it is not um, translated in my mind as something comforting. It portrays God as a villain. Yeah. Um, striking people down, giving them cancer, making people die. Um, yeah. And it's hard because it is complicated. And so yeah. now I think I, I'm spiritually mature enough now that when people say that stuff, it might not... I get what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. and I'm able to be charitable with that. Yeah. Um, but I think of the people who um, maybe don't have that same, and, and not not that they're immature spiritually, but that they're going through a really hard time. Yeah. And that's not comforting or helpful. In fact, it makes them feel like God's against them. Yeah. I can think back to um, a time in ministry before I started my current my current job where there was just some stuff going on at work and it was, there was some severed relationships there and, and really my ministry world came crashing down. Yep. And I remember sharing with some people, some really close friends of mine, it wasn't something that we broadcasted or anything. Um, and I remember telling them specifically, like, don't quote Bible verses to me. Yeah. Because I know them, mm-hmm. but right now it's not the most comforting thing. Well, like, it, it weaponizes it, scripture. Right. And it makes it feel like the hardship and the um, the despair um, of all that I was going through was just like, oh, well, it'll get over it, you know? And it's like, no, this was my life. Like, these were, this yeah. was a big deal. This this crushed me as a person. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know God's word and I know, um, and I do know in the core of me that he is for me. Right. And that he does want good things for me, but man that well you almost I, have, I want to experience I wanted to fully get not get through but experience what that despair was without cutting it short because it, it almost didn't seem right to do that yeah. you know does that make sense yeah I think that there's something um to be said about about grieving yeah and even you know the idea that we don't grieve without hope yeah. can be weaponized it's like well we don't grieve without hope but we still grieve um I talk a lot about um like the story of Lazarus being raised and how um, Jesus wept with his yeah. family. Now, and Jesus knew yeah. what was going to happen. Jesus knew that Lazarus would be raised from the dead, um, but his family did not. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus, instead of you know, making them feel bad for not having faith, he wept with his grieving friends and it over just his like good weeping. friend. It, was, it wasn't just like, he, he didn't just cry, but it was no. like with his whole being. He, Ani entered, Nowen was he like, entered into yeah. their pain. Like he yeah. entered into what they were experiencing. Henri Nowen talks about that in his book, Compassion, a lot. It's yes. just that, that, that entering God with us. He entered every part of that 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 pain and 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 that weeping right you know that his almost like his his bowels were moved with it that's almost the yeah. definition of compassion so that his whole body was experiencing this too right even though he knew what was going to happen right and so i can know that even though this hard crappy thing is happening in my life yeah. that god is still on the throne as people say god's god's still on the this throne. doesn't surprise god yeah oh okay. my goodness well, it threw me for a loop sorry <laughs> you know? right um but still know that yeah he's god with us uh-huh and he's God for us, you know, and, and I can know that we have the hope of heaven, but 
gosh, it's hard. And um, a little background um, to my friend's story, the friend who asked us to talk about this. She was actually, I mean, she's had a few, <laughs> a few like life threatening things happen, but um, she was actually in a bank robbery here in town mm-hmm. where she was a teller at a bank and two men stormed the bank, um, jumped over the counter, pistol whipped her in the face. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, super serious. And, and the way it went, you know, most bank robberies aren't that way. Someone passes a note, they hand you the money. It's still traumatic because you yeah. have no idea what the person's going to do. But right. there were some um, circumstances there to where they couldn't get the money out, um, which agitated these men. Yeah. And um, her experience was very much people in the church telling her um, she needed to get over it. God's going to use this for good. Right. And <laughs> and here's the thing. Like, does God use our pain for good? Yeah. Yeah, he totally does. But is that a, a very kind, understanding, compassionate thing to say? in the moment not right. not yeah. usually o- yeah. oftentimes it's because we're so uncomfortable with grief or with pain or with suffering that we try to usher people through it very quickly for our own good instead of mm-hmm. actually sitting in the suffering yeah with people and letting them be and and again when you weaponize scripture or god or god's plan or god's will or god's sovereignty you're making god into a villain and you don't mean to yeah. But you do. Yeah. And I mean, I'm guilty of doing those things. Like, Same. Yeah. You know, when you're surrounded by people in ministry and, you know, when your life is kind of in the church and yeah. and stuff, it's it's easy to pick up on those those phrases and just use them. Right. You know, this is what you say in a, in a note to somebody. But really the, you know, the, to sit with somebody to just really just say, you know, I'm here for you. What, yeah. you know, when you're ready to grieve with, you them. know, when, if, when you need something, let me know. Yeah. And if you need space, that's fine. If not, then I'm going to keep texting you or whatever, whatever it may be, or I'm going to come visit you. But when you say, when you're like, don't anymore, I'm going to respect that. Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm, but I'm still going to be here when you're ready for it again. And, right. um, that's so much harder because it's such oh a, lo- it's a longer process than the, well, it was a Bible verse to say that, you know, yeah. where it, really, I think, the experience that Jesus had on earth and the things that we see him through do through scripture is he was with people right. through the good and the bad. It, he was, he didn't just, he didn't always just say, here's a verse for that. It was a yeah. lot of walking with people. It was you know, conver- long conversations with right. people. And he, well, what's funny is when Jesus quoted scripture, it was often to the Pharisees. Right. You know, it was often like, <laughs> it would be to people like you and me nowadays. You right. Know? It would be like, watch yourself, yeah. you know, not so much. Yeah. Um, the way people grieve. And so um, even to go back to this idea of like God's will or God's plan um, being used as some prescriptive method to get people to be faithful or whatever. Um, you know, I have feelings about even the idea that God's will somehow bestows badness on to people. Like God is sitting up there and throwing daggers at his children to make them like him more. And I just mm-hmm. don't believe that to be true. And so like my... My theological position, which I know probably differs from some, is that we were created for perfection. You know, yeah. we're, we're a people that were created for the Garden of Eden, which is a perfect place. Um, and not because of the fall. Unfortunately, now we experience things like sickness and death and violence. You know, you didn't see those things yeah. um, before the fall. And that we are all disgruntled idealists. Um, there's, there's always a bit of us where we feel like this is not the world that we were created for. And partly we do because 
of sin. You know, we, yeah. we know that we don't only suffer for our own sins. We suffer for the sins of other people, things and, like cancer. And I think there's a reason too, for those things that at the end of the Bible, when it talks about revelation, what heaven looks like, how there's, yeah. there's no more crying, there's no more sickness, right? Because those are the things that we experience here, but we weren't originally created to experience those things. Right. Like yeah. we were supposed to be hungry, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's going to be a feast yeah. before us. Um, yeah. And, and again, I don't think that we were created to be hungry, but I think that because of yeah. of sin, unfortunately, these things happen. And so um, it's hard because I think that, one, I mean, I don't think, I know that one of the things I've talked um, to people about who have left the church, um, oftentimes it's people who have experienced very painful situations. Um, you know, I, I have a friend who they tried for like four and a half years to get pregnant mm-hmm. and... Um, then had a miscarriage um, with a baby like 16 weeks pregnant. Oh. Yeah. And and you just go, oh. It, and people would say, well, it must not have been God's will for you to have a baby. And, you know, I've heard yeah. those sorts of things too. Um, oh, but that's still... That's yeah. Crushing. That is soul crushing. So you you're know? saying God and God's sovereignty or God's whatever. He allowed someone to get pregnant who had desired a family, desired a baby this much. And then gives them one and takes it away. Yeah. I just don't believe that. Yeah, that's that's incredibly hard. Right. <laughs> you know, and and I think it's unfortunate that it's our 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 gut response. Our gut response isn't to sit with people or to um right. really be involved with them. It's to say something and walk away, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're leaving somebody with that. Yeah. And so instead of just saying, oh my goodness, I am so sorry, you know, because that's yeah. all that it takes. You literally don't have to give someone some Well, and there's theological... nothing else you can say. Right. You know, well, no, there is, and, but oh, yeah. you shouldn't necessarily. Right. Um, but in that moment to have lost this baby that you finally felt like God blessed you with. And, you know, it, it became this thing. It was like our rainbow baby, like God has blessed us with this baby. And I believe that to be true, but I don't believe that that. God is a God that just takes things. Now, that being said, I know the other half of that is, does God use these terrible things in our lives for his glory and for our growth? Yeah. Yes. Like, I think that God can do anything. And it's so funny. I just had this conversation with um, uh, a friend of mine who's here um, kind of for furlough. He and his family have lived in Turkey for 18 years. Oh my goodness. And they're here just, um, on furlough for the year. And he is talking about how this season is, is really hard and there's a lot of growth that's happening and, but it's not fun in the middle of it. And he and I talked, cause I'm kind of in that stage right now too. And I said, but you know what? what, what's going on in our lives is absolutely hard. And it's, and sometimes it can just be crappy and, yeah. and everything. But when we look back on it, We'll say this is what this is why, sure. you know. But it takes time, and that, I'm not saying that that's in a month and a week, whatever. This no. could, it could be five years. It down could the be road. heaven, right? And we look back and go, oh, that's that's what you were doing all along. Right. Like I didn't see it because I was so consumed with it, but God seeing the bigger picture. Right. We have can we see have, it. We're so limited in what we can we, yeah. we can see and what we can comprehend. This world is multifaceted, and there are right. so many moving parts um, that we don't get to see why that would or would not happen like that's so hard yeah there's somebody at the door of course because we're at liz's house (laughs) Uh, let's see 
Welcome to the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast. Thank you for waiting. We're not editing this out because this is just real life. Liz is 32 yesterday. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? It is. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? You're getting so tall. What happened? Are you going to Friendsgiving tonight? Are you? I'm not. I'm not going. You're not going? I am going. You are going. I hear you're going to. Wait, can I go on your balcony and see your Christmas decorations? All right, we're back. We are back. (laughs) You heard a lot of that, and then we decided to (laughs) cut it because um, they wanted to see Liz's Christmas decorations. Yep, it's a thing. See, and you were making fun last time. I was. And look at this. People are stopping by my house. It's true. (laughs) We're cutting down a tree in Tahoe. That's exciting. Do you want one? We'll just cut down two. No, I have a fake one. Okay. I'm not going to water it. It's going to die. I think it's God's (laughs) will for you to have one from Tahoe. I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) So the other side of God's will, I mean, we talk about like the pain things, but sometimes that conversation, you know, we won't go into this too much because... We're going to run out of time, but, um, yeah. is like, what's God's will for my life? Yeah. What is his plan for yeah. my life? And again, this might be theologically different than what some people believe. And I say, whatever he's gifted you with and you're faithful in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I get that. I mean, we talked about me being single earlier, but yeah. that's a lot, you know, Liz, do you think it's God's will for you to be single your whole life? And the truth is, I don't know. And right. Am I secure enough to, if I were to say yes, it kind of pushes people away. They, well, they're like, what? What do you mean? And I'm not saying that that is what his will is. Right. But it could be. And, well, I'm, and, I'm, and am I is okay it, with it? And is it his will? Like, right. Like, does God even have a will for that? Because I, okay, I am a non-romantic. I don't know if you know this. I mean, <laughs> Poor I'm, <Matthew>. a, <laughs> I'm a little romantic, but I'm not romantic about the idea of the one. Like, there is one person... Um, that God has. I think that's my car alarm going off because our friend is picking up an instant pot out of my car. Um, I think that <laughs> this is so great. <laughs> no, I don't think it's yours. Um, there is, yeah, this idea that like God has the one, like yeah, He is the one, and I'm not sure that I really believe that. Like yeah. I think that sometimes it's just the person, yeah, who you meet and work. It works. I think too. Because when I, I mean, I went to um, Bible college and that was a lot of conversations I had with friends and stuff is, well, how do I know he's the one in my response? And again, it's probably because I'm a little bit uh, of a non, what is she doing? I'm going to have to like rewind this a little bit. I'm not rewinding. (laughs) Okay. Well, maybe it's just, you know, for whatever reason, but I think it's whoever you decide to be committed to that they become the one, you know, whoever like, like I've heard this idea of even things like divorce. It's like, oh, I found out he or she wasn't the one. Well. <laughs> like, I think when you make those vows. They become the one. <laughs> they become the one. Um, I don't necessarily think that God's up there going, and those two people will be together. Um, yeah, I just don't think it's. I don't it's, know. it's and I just, I don't know. It's one of those things, too, that we sit, we can sit here and talk about all day. But the truth is, we won't know. Right. <laughs> And are we? And the, and at the end of the day, it becomes. And are we okay with that? I think that works. Um, 
going back to that ministry time that, you know, where my world was really falling apart, I was visiting some friends up in Oregon and, um, the wife just said, you know, you may never get these answers and you never, you may never find out the reasons for this, that, and the other thing. And are you okay with that? Yeah. And I remember sitting with that question on my flight home going, am I okay with that? Can I really just take the time, but move on knowing that God has a reason and I can either sit and stew in this for the rest of my life. Right. Or I can take the time to really grieve it. Right. And then choose to take what I've learned and move on. And I chose to do that, but it took a solid year after her asking me that question for me to really say, yeah, I think I'm okay with that. And even even now, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, some of it kind of got stirred up in conversations I was having. Yeah. And I had to, I had to remind myself, like, I'm choosing to be okay with not having all the answers and it's a constant. And that's, I mean, that's always going to be the thing. Like, is God up there shooting daggers, throwing people downstairs so that way they'll trust him more? I don't, I don't know. I don't want to believe that. And for me, I'm going to err on the side of a charitable, loving God who um, makes purpose out of the hardships of a fallen world. And that's, what I need to do to survive. I mean, there are people that get way more into the apologetics of it. Um, and in doing that, I'm not ignoring, there's, there's no scripture. I mean, we could go into the whole old Testament, new Testament, bad God, good God, you know, like the theology, which I'm not going to do because it's a lot and difficult. Um, but I truly just don't believe like, I truly don't believe. And I don't feel like there's enough scriptural evidence saying that God is just not, not just allowing things, but, but purposefully doing things like, like injuring us. So we'll depend on him because that to me sounds abusive. And I don't believe that that's, um, how God is now. Again, there are going to be people that hold different views yeah. and there might be some things that I have to work out one day in heaven, um, (laughs) with God, but I'm okay with that because I would rather be the person in my friend's lives who can say, I don't believe that, that we serve a God who's up there killing off beloved babies and making two men walk into a bank and pistol with my friend in the face and give her PTSD and uh, taking people's ministries away that they've dedicated their lives to. Um, I really believe that we're disgruntled idealists in a world um, we were not created for. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think too, like you said, we may never know these answers until we get to heaven, but I think once we get there, I don't know that this, question is even going to be something we even think about right I don't know I could be wrong I don't know I'm a thinker so the idea that like (laughs) all of a sudden all things become revealed in my heart like there's something disappointing (laughs) you're like I don't get to think about it a little bit there's yeah there's something there about the mystery of it all yeah that I want to I want to know I'd like this sounds (laughs) I would hate it if heaven were but I mean I just don't want it to be like a like something like okay now everything is blah, blah, blah. I don't know. There's just something. I'm a thinker. I, mm-hmm. I, I, my brain's always going. I'm always trying to figure things out and put the puzzle pieces together. So the idea yeah. of something not being, that's really difficult for me mm-hmm. to comprehend. Again, that goes back to we're in a world we weren't made for, right? Right. Um, like we weren't made for the puzzle pieces. This isn't what it was supposed to be. There wasn't supposed to be this giant mystery surrounding God. Like they were, yeah, we were supposed to, I mean, in Genesis, it talks about how Adam and Eve walked with God. Right. Like walked physically, I mean, when they heard him in the garden, yes, you know, and, exactly. <laughs> and now there's that mystery of, yes, I can experience God, but it's not, he doesn't 
he isn't physically walking alongside me. He I feels believe. far away. Yeah. And sometimes in those questions, yeah, it's not that he feels closer because we're trying to figure it out. It's that he feels very far away. Yeah. Um, and I think that those are just the tensions that we live in in a fallen world where there's hurt and pain and terribleness and we get glimpses of the goodness of God, um, but we don't get the whole scene. Yeah. You know, and, and I think we just have to grasp onto sometimes what we can to know that he is with us and mm-hmm. he is for us. Um, and yeah, if that means that my theology is a little screwed up because I'm not going through this blah, blah, chapter and verse, then that's, that's fine. But from what I've learned from the character of God, yeah, you know, if you read, if you read it instead of verse by verse as a narrative, yeah. the narrative of God is the God who's for us. Um, and yeah, there might be an obscure verse here and there that might make you question, but I just don't believe yeah. that. That God is, you know, like you said, you read it as a narrative, you read it as a God who is for us, but also a God who is with us. Right. And I just think there's something, especially as we're coming into this Christmas season, that's just one of those things that's yeah. always on my mind of God yeah. is with us. He you sent know. a baby savior to earth right. to save the sins of man, a baby, a humble baby. Like that's not a God who's, who's up there plotting Right. For us to... One of my um, favorite Christmas songs, that's not even like a traditional song. I don't even know if you could find it anywhere. But the chorus says, and who would have dreamed or ever perceived that we could hold God in our hands? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know what that, song you're talking like, about. That's, that's just a crazy thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Crazy thing to think about. Like, that God is with us. He came He came here to be with us. And that's... Yeah. yeah. So when you... Th- when That's one of those things, again, that just as my years of ministry and theology studying is that I have in my core is like God is with me God is for me yeah and even when it feels like my world is crashing down and I and I live in those moments I I don't try to brush those off as okay whatever right but I can always go back to this that centering of God is with me God is for me right and not that it relieves all of those tensions but it at least is something I can just keep reminding myself of yeah I agree yeah. Okay. I think that, again, so many of these conversations we have, I feel like we can't be as faithful to as we would like to be because of the time restraints. Yeah. Um, I, mean, this is, I mean, we talked about this at Chili's before and we right. got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, this is something I talk about a lot because, yeah, right. I've had so many experiences. You know, I grew up in an abusive household yeah. um, and came to know Jesus even so yeah. and believe that God had provision over my life. Um but people have said, well, this was God's way of getting you to follow him. And you just go, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I had a mom who would say things like, I wish you were never born. I wish I'd had an abortion when I was pregnant with you. Like, like horrible things. Yeah. Like, I think that my mom has issues and I, and had free will to do that. I don't think God made my mom say these things and do these things in an effort for me to seek love from him. I think that um, God orchestrated and wrote a bigger story than I could ever write for my own life yeah. that somehow redeemed and restored this story that should have been bad mm-hmm. um, and is still not perfect. Yeah. But, you know, I can I can very much look back at, at ways um, God moved things in order to um, let yeah. me feel and see his love and yeah. people, you know, the faithfulness of people mm-hmm. for sure. Um, sharing God's love with me and, and not just sharing God's love, like telling me, but, but literally caring for me, um, as a person. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't 
I don't believe that yeah. God does terrible things to us to make us dependent on him. I think that um, his love is more nuanced. I think that um, it's deeper yeah. than what we can in our shallow, single-faceted brains understand. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay to lean into the mystery a bit yeah. on that and err on the side of God is for us and he's with us. So. Yeah. So I yeah and we can keep talking about this oh but, yeah you know, the <laughs> even, point of this even po- in what you just said i was like well i wonder about this i know, guy, I know that we're on a time constraint so <laughs> the point of this podcast though isn't just to give all the answers i mean these are just the conversations and, and the truth is we don't have all the answers <laughs> i don't have them i, don't have, I have no I have, formal theological training i have very few answers <laughs> yeah and you know what it's okay, it's okay. and yeah. i think that um part of the goodness is just having the conversation yeah. and, and actually getting to think about it so as always it's good to have these conversations um mm-hmm with you and with people listening yeah and if they if you have other questions i mean we can try to wrestle through and we might i'm sure we'll come back to the providence of god yeah. at some point i think our email address is in the kitchen pc at gmail.com so yeah. you can always um yeah write us your questions and or again, you can text us because a bunch of you have our phone numbers we're not giving them out on here but i'll give mine out you my number is 209-684-6079 and if you want to text me with a question you are more than welcome to please don't call me Nobody likes phone calls. We're millennials, guys. And like, how many telemarketer calls did you get today? I got 10. Oh, I probably got today. 12. Yeah, I <laughs> get know? them constantly. So, um, yeah, no, I, I would love to to talk about things that people actually want to talk about. Again, yeah. without having the answers, Don't. this is not a, um, a teaching podcast. No. This is a conversation podcast, and we will continue um, to be that. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for listening, and have See you a later. happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.